Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll be in Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. There are people today who may affiliate themselves with Christianity in some way, but believe that Jesus is simply all about brotherly love and has somehow done away with the Old Testament necessity to obey God's law. But is that what Jesus said? What is the relationship between the Old Testament idea of obedience to God's commandments and the coming of Jesus? Is it one or the other, or both? Jesus addresses the answer directly in this passage. Here's today's piece of the sermon entitled, Surpassing Righteousness. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Notice how brilliantly Jesus answered that. Yes, he said, here's the most important one, and here's the second most important one. And he did not quote um, from the Ten Commandments in either of those things, but love God with all you have and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. On that depends the whole law and the prophets. So he's saying, my friend, you can argue about which is the greatest. I'll tell you, every single one of them is absolutely essential, and you're not excused from even sub-point G of paragraph 9 of the third footnote about the 150th commandment. It's all on you. You want to remember them? Well, I'll tell you what. They all fall into two categories. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love man. And by the way, that's how you divide up the Ten Commandments. Anybody who teaches the Ten Commandments and spends any time actually paying attention to what the Scripture says will tell you the first four commandments are about love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The last six commandments are about love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus insisted that Every aspect of what God said was important. Those who opposed him were totally committed to the details that, may ha- that they had made up, but they missed the real issue of the heart. Now, the next verse before us this morning said so this is pivotal. I would say, be pretty hard to argue against this, that it is the theme verse of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a blockbuster. Before I read it to you, think about what it was like. Jesus had been going from synagogue to synagogue to synagogue, week after week after week in Galilee for over a year before he preached this sermon. He had been going into the turf of the Pharisees and the scribes, and they absolutely hated him. And they were there listening carefully to everything he said because they wanted to find a reason to discredit him. So, what Jesus is about to say in Matthew 5.20 would be kind of like, picture yourself if you went to Salt Lake City during the 
annual worldwide conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you stood in Temple Square, and you said, I have a message from God. The president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all of the quorum of the Twelve Apostles are totally unworthy. You must infinitely surpass them if you're going to get into the kingdom of God. Or, suppose you had a little bigger travel budget, you went to St. Peter's Basilica in Rome on a holy day, a holiday, and you had a chance with a loudspeaker and a couple hundred thousand people around, of course, all six feet apart with masks on. And your message was, Pope Francis and all of his predecessors fall infinitely short. You have no hope of eternal life unless you completely surpass them as well as Mary and everyone you've ever considered to be a saint. How popular would you be? Suppose you went to any of the seven holiest cities of Hinduism and you had a chance to preach. Mahatma Gandhi and everyone that you regard as a holy man are totally inadequate examples. Or you stand in Mecca by the Kaaba. That's the the cube. It's considered the holiest place on earth in, in Islam. And your message is to all of the people there who've come from all over the world, all of your pilgrimages leave you infinitely short of the goal. Mohammed cannot enter God's kingdom. You can't get there on his coattails. And all of the teachings of all of your imams and everything you've heard your entire life is completely inadequate. You need something that infinitely surpasses it. You get the point? Jesus was saying something astounding. What was it? Chapter 5, verse 20. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses, surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember, the perspective of those people was the most righteous people on the planet are the scribes and the Pharisees. And Jesus says, you better lap them. You've got to be way beyond anything they could do. Now, right after he says that astounding thing, Jesus is going to be specific. We're going to, in the rest of this chapter, see a series of examples of how the religious system of the scribes and the Pharisees was on the wrong track. Now, what does he mean by righteousness that surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, that surpassing righteousness that Jesus requires is the righteousness that you can't accomplish. It has to be imputed, credited to your account by God to the heart of the one who accepts His provision for salvation. And by the way, that has always been the case. The scribes and Pharisees had taken the law of God and they'd added all of these. You read the Mishnah, all of their commentaries on the law. It's thousands of pages adding on and adding on and adding on and adding on. They missed the whole point. 
Go back to before Moses, before the law. Go back to before there were Jewish people. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Then he, and the antecedent of he is Abraham, he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Look, if you have to keep all of those laws, how did Abraham get declared totally righteous before those laws were even given? By faith. He received the free gift. And by the way, the way of salvation has never changed. Let's go up to after Christ. Let's now go to the time when when the gospel has gone to Jews and Gentiles alike. Romans chapter 4, verse 3. For, I'll let you read Romans 1, 1 through 4, 2 to figure out what the word for is there for. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Exactly the same way that Abraham believed. It's just that his Bible was a lot thinner. Oh, wait, it hadn't been written yet. Okay? It's coming to God by faith as one who recognizes his or her spiritual poverty and receiving his free gift. A lot of people today have fallen into the very same trap that ensnared the Pharisees. Now, I look around here and, you know, I, I know most of you, almost all of you by name. I, I like you. Um, based on what I know, you have my vote. All right? I, I mean, I, I want you in heaven. That's all, that's all wonderful. But you're not going to be there unless you're receiving a free gift by grace through faith. And, and, and if you have the feeling of being on a spiritual treadmill, working harder and harder and harder, and you're, and, and you're working up a sweat, spending lots of energy, but you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, maybe you haven't understood the essence of the whole thing. You might pat yourself on the back for any number of good things that you do, and um, you're not in jail, so you probably don't regularly break any of the real big commandments. Uh, Maybe, you know, all year long you've been faithful to your spouse, you don't swear, you don't cheat people. Generally speaking, most of the time you tell the truth, pretty much, in general, when it's convenient. But you just can't find this, this joy, this peace, this, this resting that the Bible talks about. If that describes you, maybe the problem is that your idea of the Christian life is behavior modification rather than faith. It's not a matter of reforming your behavior without first letting God deal with your heart. It doesn't work to start from the outside. You, you can't do it by doing stuff outside of you. Now, in a sense, it does come from the outside because it starts with God from the outside in giving you His gift of grace and faith 
and salvation, all of that package deal that includes... If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.